In this episode, we're going to do a reverse podcast, meaning my friend and media advisor, Dean Aguilar, actually interviews me on my podcast, which you get to hear. Now, this entire story is the questions that we often get asked on how I had a chance to go from zero, which is when you type my name in Google 10 plus years ago, where nothing would show up, literally zero entries to the the brand that we have today. And on our team, we call it this. We call it the honest and profitable brand. And I say that to you with a lot of respect because we want to build it that way. That That is our guiding force. We want to build an honest but profitable brand. And I show you exactly how it started, the defining moments of when it actually came to life, the lessons that I learned and how to actually build and grow something both by accident and by intention, the mistakes that I made that I regret that set me back many, many years and probably will set me back for many more, and tactically exactly what we're doing right now to take advantage of the current market environment to get visibility to build an honest and profitable brand, exactly what we're doing, where we are posting, where we're sharing content, how we're building content, how many pieces, where, how, what, which, and why. And more importantly, what can you do with it? What learnings can you take? And how can you implement all of that in your life and in your business so that you can also build an honest and profitable brand? And it all starts right now. One thing is for certain. Just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to. How to grow your business. How to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. All right, today I'm here with the man, reverse interview with uh, right. Dean Aguilar himself. What's happening, buddy? I'm, I'm excited. Today, we get a chance to, uh, what do they say, peek behind the curtain of uh, yeah. you and your story and, and how you've essentially grown your brand. Um, but if you don't mind, I want to jump right in because I'm excited. I want, I've got a couple questions and really how I want to start this off, man, is, is, you know, we were talking off screen here on your journey with like starting with TELUS and then kind of, you know, evolving into your brand that it is today. Right. right? And what I, I've known you for years and years and years, literally the first year you started with TELUS. Right. And no one knew really who you were. Um, and by third year, fourth year into acquisition, that's all anybody could talk about in the you know real estate space. And I know we have quite a bit of people that are not, but I think it still applies, right? So I wanted to kind of pick your brain and then let the let the audience know, because I think a lot of times people start off with trying to brand themselves, right? And they give up too quickly because it's either not happening fast enough or they feel like their lane is not um, the right lane or, or, or they're confused on how to get their messaging out. And it's involved for you because yeah. now it's, it's not just real estate. It's obviously a tons of other things and the networks and it's grown. And and what I'd like to also touch about is literally, bro, I get shit from Sharon by text, email, podcast, like 
we got to talk about all that because that was not the case. Yeah. Yeah. So so give it to me. Tell me how this started and how it started to roll. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people think that everything has a grandmaster plan. And you and I know that there are some things that happen by design and there's something that things that happen by accident. Right. And looking back, I would say that the best brands, the best entrepreneurs build something amazing when they start to realize that things are happening by accident and they need to stop and start to design it, mm-hmm. right? Because I think what happens a lot, and we'll go into some specific, I think what happens a lot is most people's brands, their online personas, and, and you and I both know this, whether we like it or not, there is a there is a brand. This what someone thinks, feels, and connects with you is the brand. And it is our responsibility to manufacture it, create it, influence it in a certain way. Otherwise, they're going to think about whatever they want to think about associated with it, right? And so the the I think the maturity comes from saying, oh my gosh, this is going, this is happening by default. How do I pause it and make it by design? And I think the what looking back what happened was it was starting to happen by default and i was like wait a minute i should probably steer this in a certain direction otherwise it's going to become something like i don't want it to become right mm-hmm. and and that's lesson number 1 is we have to start to steer it a certain way and we each of us have the power to steer it a certain way and i want to i want to give you kudos for that right now because of all the businesses like from fitness to real estate to uh, media, to multiple businesses, to to the tattoos, to 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 Hollywood. Like you have steered the brand very thoughtfully, very carefully, without a lot of people knowing about it. I see it, but without a lot of people knowing about it, right? And I and I think that goes to show that you can steer the brand. So let's talk about the telestay. So what what, ha- what was happening was it was accidentally starting to grow. Just because you're a business owner is accidentally starting to grow. And I, I tell you what happened. We need to figure out. So looking back, this was my rationale. What are you doing anything in service of? That is the question to ask. Like, what are you doing anything in service of? And it doesn't, it can be in service of you. That's fine. But I'll tell you this. I was doing everything in service of TELUS. Yep. Everything, right? And so I would wake up and I'd be like, what can I do today that will make Tell us a bigger brand. It was everything was in service of Telus, right? And so my brand that that was interesting because as the firm grew, since I had tied my story to the Telus story, I it was unintentional, but I was doing everything in service of Telus because I was like, who cares what I get out of it? If Telus grows, I win, right? right? So when the Telus growth happened, my growth happened along with it. And even, you, you know my other partners, the other partners chose not to tie their success to No, time. they stayed behind and, and they had their roles, but yeah. they took the reins for sure. Right. And so when I, um, so, so asking the question, just like you've asked the question, hey, my brand currently is in service of, uh, you know, deepening my artistic talents and, and my acting skills. It's deepening my entrepreneurial, you, what is it in service of? So when that thing that it's it's in service of grows Uh your brand gets attached and grows with it that's a really powerful thing so for example alisa glutz yep great 
Her brand is connected, and, and for, for those of you who don't follow her, at Color My Credit, good friend of ours, her brand is connected to education of credit. Right. Everything that she does is in service of credit. For sure. And as if you search credit, Alyssa props up first. So everything that she does, so she, and, and dude, she, think about this. She dominates TikTok, she dominates Instagram, she dominates the podcast, and she dominates Amazon. Yeah. Because everything is in service of that. Um, our friend Ginger Walker, her brand is in service of the vets, right? Because she's come from a veteran family, right? So now as she's, it's everything is in service of that. So as that gets more popularity, when people think more vets, they think of her. Uh, Brittany Crystal, when you her brand is tied to LinkedIn, everything that she does is service of LinkedIn. When you talk LinkedIn, you think Brittany, right? right? right. So I think the in service of is really really important because the if you can't figure out how to brand yourself, you just have to figure out what you're in service of, and really tie yourself to that as much as possible. So let me okay. So this that's phenomenal. Um, I, I want to I want to I want to mention something that you said that I picked up on that I think was very powerful that people might have missed. You said you tied your story to the tell a story. Correct. Okay. So that's very key because this is what we this is the shit we talk about all the time, right? Because one would argue that people got to know Sharon on a deeper level, even though his main goal was to recruit. Correct. Period. Right, and that was for Telus. Um, and I think just like you mentioned about Ginger being close to the vets or Alyssa being close to color my credit. The one thing that I know about both of them is we know both of them because of the stories that they tell and the, the experiences that they have that have tied into their growth, into their business. Right. So I think I was very powerful. I just wanted to make sure people. Dude, so, so, so you're, this is why you're, you're awesome at this. That has not changed at all. And that was literally the motivation for my book. So whenever I would, I would talk to people, and the cool part is I like talking about this because this has got nothing to do with me. Like that's the best part, right? <laughs> right, right, right. It's got to do with in-service of TELUS. And so when I would talk to people, I literally will tell them, hey, I am new to this industry. I believe that we can do better. I am the underdog, mm -hmm. which is this title of my book, Underdog, right? Sure. And I believe that ordinary people can build extraordinary companies. And so I would ask people, hey, I don't care about whether you sell real estate or mortgage or whatever, but do like, tell me about like where you came from, what bothered you, why? Because people make decisions based on, you know, how they were raised and, and how they were struggling. So like their, their motivation for someone doing something is not tied to the offer you make to them on joining your company. It's something so much deeper as to why they joined you, right? They, they If you can match the causes together, like people joined, like people joined TELUS because they were like, hey, I don't even, I've never gone into the office. If I need something, I just text Sharon and that's it. Like literally it became that it's a connect, you and I, right? Yeah, yeah. You would just be like, I don't know anything. I just, if I just need something, I just talk to Sharon, right? Um, and, and, and I think that having that common thread of saying, hey, like to me, it was an underdog story. Like we were a small company and we were growing. And as the underdog grew, the underdog got notoriety. As Elon Musk, the underdog grew, Elon Musk got notoriety, right? right. And so the faster we can tie that into the, like a brand journey, the, like the better it becomes very quickly. Okay, love it. All right, and so was there, um, and maybe there wasn't, right? But was there a kind of a, 
a pivotal moment because I always go back to, so I'll give you an example, right? As I started to post more and I started to kind of become a little looser in my story and not really giving a shit about what people thought and how I spoke and all that things, you know, lightened up for me. I remember one time I would, I actually spoke at the summit of Tom Ferry's thing, 5,000 people, blah, blah, blah. I'm there. I do my deal. I get off stage and you get swarmed. Anybody who's ever been to these things has spoken, right? And this one, I remember vividly this one girl, and I don't know her name, was shaking. when she, she was nervous coming up to me, right? And she was so nervous, she dropped her coffee. It sprayed all over her. It was like, the, for her, it was the most embarrassing thing. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is like, holy shit, like, what happened in the last 12? You don't really realize, right? Because it's, it's the luck factor and the consistency factor. Was there a moment where you went from, no one knowing what TELUS was or who Sharon was, so you're like, okay, these people are reacting this way. Like, was there something that stood out or maybe was there something that you were doing? Cause we do know, at least I do know, you were doing a lot of speaking and gathering of folks, maybe less than social media at the time, right? Cause this was like, I don't know, seven years ago, but you know, it was a lot of in your face type stuff, right? Yeah, so I, I think there was, but I think that I'll answer that in three ways. I think there was a groundswell of stuff that happened. I will tell you, and the reason I say this is, if I took what I'm going to tell you away, if I took this away, there was no Sharon. Just this one thing, right? Dude, I remember um, when we had like 15, 12 offices or something like that in across 450 miles. And I was like, I can't drive. Yeah distance. Yep. So I told my partner, Peter, I was like, Hey, we need to have better culture. So let's start doing a call every day, every once a week for our people so they can come into this, like a culture call and we'll do like a Monday morning and we'll share our best ideas. I remember it. 15 right? minutes. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. it was so like I started, or yeah. like that, right? so at nine o'clock, it was nine o'clock. It was a drive time call. So I started this on Monday morning. I would kick off the week with it. And then, and then uh, I told Peter, Hey, listen, that's happened Monday. I told Peter, hey, wouldn't it be great if you chose somebody from the company and highlighted their success so that everyone else sees it internally? So Peter built this thing called the Friday Morning Drive on Fridays. So Mondays and Fridays was like the Peter Sharon show. And then I will never forget, this was Christmas and I got a text saying like, what are we going to do next year? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we have to do something new. I said, I have an idea. Instead of taking our calls from Monday and Friday, let's do a call every day of the week. And he's like, and I said, and and I was like, we don't have to do it. Like, let's build this podcast series. And podcasts were getting like popular. There, there was no, it was only like Tim Ferriss was the only podcast right, that you right, back right. then. Yeah. So I said, wouldn't it be amazing if we built the Telus podcast? And we recorded our call. Every all our agents would get to see hear it live, but everyone else would get to hear the replay. But it would be five uh, episodes a week. Right. And, and my partner was like, are you crazy? And I'm like, no, like, this is what we should do. Dude, I would tell you maybe six months of that, six months of going every every day literally changed, like took us from having no brand to us being, everyone had heard at least one of my podcasts. Right, right. And, and then it became like, then I was at this event and literally uh, at the end of the event, like this was the night before the event, we said, hey, my partner and I have a suite we're gonna do a mastermind at our suite. Yep. People told us that, like we had people in the hallway, right? 
people told us that the suite, that hour that they spent with us was better than the event. Yeah, I remember. I, I yep. That's that's when it changed. And I don't think that could have happened because the celebrity factor was these guys are doing one podcast a day, every day. And dude, I will tell you, here's the sad part. I was doing a podcast before podcasts were even cool, right? And probably done four years of that. So call it like a thousand plus shows. And I had to leave it behind and start all over, right? Like that hurt me more. And that like I that was an asset that Element bought and all of that, which is fine. But I had to start all over again. And if I'm thinking if I had started a podcast on a Sharon brand during that time, I think I'd have a I'd have a Tim Ferris like brand right now. Yeah. No, no, no. It's you built it because I remember being a part of it. And I think you opened it up to everyone. It wasn't just yeah. Alex Brooks, so it was everybody. And that was just a genius move because it was such a huge recruiting piece. You're right. People were like, I remember people were asking me for the link to join in. And I wasn't even part of TELUS at that point yet. Yeah. Um, which was, which is interesting. They just knew I knew you. Um, yeah, dude, that, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, okay. So then let's kind of fast forward a little bit. All right. Yeah. As you're going through, it grows. Um, Douglas Elliman is getting acquired. And I, this is good because there's a lot of people, including myself, as you know, venturing and acting, starting to get actually a little bit of momentum, believe it or not. Um, but there has been moments where, and, and when you sold Douglas El or to Douglas Elliman, I would imagine this happened is like, holy shit, now I got to pivot because there is no more TELUS now. Um, do I stay in this lane? Do I go into another lane? Um, and now how do I get off of people just knowing me as a genius in the real estate space, even though they knew your story about Morgan Stanley and all that stuff, it didn't matter what they were saying about what your previous jobs were. They just remembered you from that. Right. Yep. yep. And now they don't, they, yep. I mean, they look at you as, as an entrepreneur as a whole. So what was the pivoting point? Because I think people who have other businesses or maybe are even pivoting out of a certain business, they are going to want to know how the fuck do I start all over again? Like, how right. do I, how do I do that? Because you essentially started, you had the audience, you had the brand, but you're starting all over. Correct. Dude, I will tell you. So, so it's interesting. You asked it. it was the hardest thing ever. And it was so hard because people need to realize this. It was so hard because I felt like I was doing everything in service of TELUS at that time. Right. I felt like I lost my identity. Yep. I, I would imagine. And, and I was like, I don't have anything else to do this in service of. And that was the time I hired, you know, Jen, that was the time I hired Jen. I was like, I need like, I need a coach and therapy at the same time because <laughs> right. Like, like this yeah. is a, it's like, like a divorce. Like yeah, for real. Totally. Like, for it was sure. like, now I can't, now I'm overthinking. Like, I'm like, okay, if I did this, who does this benefit? Does it benefit me? That's weird. Like I'm not selling anything per se. So what do I do? And like, and I think that's what's happening to a lot of people's personal brands is that they are unsure how to position their personal brand because they feel a little sleazy that it's only turning around and selling their service, mm -hmm. right? So I will tell you the easiest for the people that they don't have anything to sell, like you, right? Yeah, you don't no, sell anything, right? Nothing. For yeah. the people that don't have anything to sell, Tim Ferriss, Dean Aguilar, Tony Robbins, and if you believe it or not, Tony doesn't sell anything. Like Tony just gets up and does his thing. Uh, Richard Branson, all these guys, right? 
it's easy. Gary Vee has nothing to sell, right? Conceptually speaking, nothing to sell. He, he does his soft sell stuff. For the people that have nothing to sell, they've accepted that they have nothing to sell and they've risen above that and yeah. they've found the true calling, right? So I your true it. calling is to be in the service of acting in your deepest creativity, right? Yeah. Gary's deepest calling is like, hey, I want to buy the jets. And the way I do that is by amassing the biggest audience and telling the world that they need to live their own dreams. Sure. Just like I'm living mine. That is welcome to Gary. That is Gary Vee, right? 100%. Right. And so he, while he sells some sneakers or empathy wines or whatever, when you rise above, when you have a personal brand and you rise above like wanting to sell something, things get a lot easier. Right. But I think that's hard for a lot of people, especially if you're a professional services person or you have a company and your brand is tied to one of those. Yeah. So if you're a real estate agent, mortgage broker, insurance broker, uh, coach, consultant, lawyer, you feel like every time you're on, you also feel like your profession is on at the same time. Yeah. And that's a very hard distinction to break for a lot of people, which is what freaks them out. Right. And they don't realize that they can actually, if they if they divorce the two, their brand will skyrocket and everything will happen so much faster. Dude, you're spot on. I mean, again, it goes back to what we always preach about here at Brand Academy and, and Muse and our clients and all that is, you know, we, we never like building the brand around what they do for a living because the true brand is their identity and who they are and people are going to work with them in, in any capacity, whether it is real estate, mortgage, whatever they do for a living. If, you know, if our friend Ginger or Glenda or whoever decided tomorrow that they wanted to take up singing, the entire audience will follow them because they know them, they love them, they trust them, you know. But, but, but I think it's only true if your, your brand is still in service of something. For sure, yeah. The sooner you can, nail that the better and i think the hard, it is hard to nail and i actually believe that if you're stuck it is very hard to do like i think it takes like you you and i've done it for celebrities you do a full day with us yeah and i will tell you that's a very painful day like I, dean and i don't like doing power <laughs> consulting days because it's super hard it's super tiring and they come with like the problem is clarity and like we don't know the answer going in but the answer will come out at the end of the day it's just it's hard but when you hit the clarity, it gets very powerful very quickly. And so, so I, I'll give you an example right now. Uh, my team was rebuilding like the LinkedIn cover images, right? And they're like, um, Sharon, this is uh, so much easier. I said, why? Well, because you told us that all you care about is the mission where you're like, I believe that ordinary people can build extraordinary companies. Mm -hmm. That is my belief. Like I believe in the underdog, right? I believe that the underdogs are going to win. And now they're like, should that go on everything? I'm like, yes, because yeah. that is what I'm in, in service of. Like that is, you know, people make fun of me and I say, hey, the world doesn't need saving. It just needs more entrepreneurs, right? Like that's, and, and so more entrepreneurs solve more problems. And that's my belief. And when you do that in service of that, all the stuff gets very, very much easier because now it's not like, well, is this person going to think weird of me because I'm going to try to sell a product? Like, I no, it, because you're in service of something so much bigger. Love it. All right. So <clears throat> let me ask you this question because it, it's, even though it may sound like your typical podcast interview question, but it, it's something important because we all go through this, right? Is there, is, was there a point when you're making the transition, you hire Jen, right? And you're, you, 
you know, cause you started to definitely up your social media and all this stuff, but was there a time where you fucked up? Like you did something wrong or you, you took the wrong direction and you got kicked in the teeth for it. Um, or it's just, you know, it's just, you, you've made mistakes prior to landing on what you're doing, because I think a lot of people look at either you, myself or anybody else, Tony Robbins and forget that there was a lot of mistakes to get to the point where, where we are and where you are. Right. Um, was there a mistake that you learned from? And it could be a mistake that, that someone, you know, that, that any normal person would make repeatedly. Um, was there anything like that? that happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, well I'm sure there, I already know. I probably already know what it is. How much time do we got for the mistakes? <laughs> so, so I'll, 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 I'll tell you this, right. I believe that, so I'll give you one kind of strategic mistake and I'll give you one tactical mistake. Um, the strategic mistake was even that I realized that um, after the after after the Telus transition, I was like, I need I need something else in service of. So how fast can I get another how fast can I get one of my other companies and just attach myself to that? Even though it's not in the overall purpose of the world, overall connected to the mission, I would literally went and attached. And it's not a good thing. Like we all have companies and that's a good thing. They come and go and all of that. But I, when you connect your brand to your company and that company is one of many things and that something and, 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 and it's not the, the truest expression of you, then that it holds you back. So I connected my brand to than one of the companies that I was working on. Right. And it's okay. I didn't know any better. It's okay. And, but, but getting out of that was super painful because now I had to now say, well, I'm not this person anymore. Now I'd gone through multiple brand transitions in one time. And I think that's super difficult, which is why that was a big strategic mistake for me. And it took, I'd probably say 18, 24 months to, yeah. to, to just like I lost my TELUS identity. I, I struggled with that. And so I had to like redo that. And I, I, you know, Jen told me this, you told me this, you're like, hey, the next iteration is not, you have to attach to something that is a bigger cause, that's a bigger mission, that doesn't change. Other things will come and go along the way, but that doesn't change. And it's okay if it takes time. Like, it's okay if it takes six months for you to figure it out. I'd rather you be single for six months. Yeah, exactly. As right. opposed to have a shitty rebound, right? For, for sure. For right. And I think that's what happened to me from a brand perspective, right? right. Um, and I think that was very expensive because now it took me like 18, 24 months to rebuild from that. I'll give you the tactical mistake. And you know this. I was really, I thought fame was everything. I was fame hungry. Mm-hmm. And I thought that came in the form of like, you know, doing whatever it took to get followers. Right, right, right. And, you know, I didn't know the difference. Somebody pitched me on getting some bots on Instagram. And I was like, you know, I just want my swipe up. So I paid the $400, got 4,000 followers, got the swipe up, and then lost all 4,000 followers the next day. And it shut my entire account down. I got shadow banned. And like all the effort that I put into building that 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 brand, I had to start all over. Now, it's not a bad thing. I, I think I had decent engagement at that point. But Man, it sucked for that combined with the strategic mistake were like really terrible things that happened. And I actually, I got kind of depressed. Uh, yeah. I, um, I was starting from zero on my Instagram account. Yeah. My brand was not like, I didn't feel like it was pointed to a good North Star. 
I was like, I, so everything felt off. And so my day to day, I felt, I was like down. I was not fun to be around. I was like, not, I didn't want to take more speaking engagements. I didn't want to do other things to grow my brand and something, and one thing saved me. And the thing that saved me was my email list. Yes. I, this is where good. I'm glad we're going there. Cause this is what I was going to be. My yeah. If I will tell you, I got lucky. If I did not have my email list, I would have gone to a very dark place. Yeah. Um, because I didn't have any way to communicate with the world. It was, I was like, oh crap, I have to build all of this all over again to prove myself all over again. Um, I didn't know what the new brand or the new kind of vision yeah. is going to be. Right. I, every day that went by of not having clarity felt like one more day of being single that I would never get married again, right? Like it was one of those. Mm -hmm. and, and it can get pretty lonely for people because they're like, oh my God, when am I going to figure this out? Everyone else is doing better than me. Uh, you know, like I had, I had a, you know, a, a coach that I coach, uh, a very, very, very popular, you know, one of the top female coaches in the world. And she told me, she's like, hey, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you need to give me some feedback on your videos, on my videos. And I was like, why? She goes, well, I watch you and you're, and I'm like, stop. Like you can't compare yourself to me. I've been doing this so much longer right. and even good, confident people, they still look up to other people and it's bad enough that we compare, but if we compare and we don't even have our own stuff together, it gets really messy. Right. So, um, I, I went really big on just growing my email list and, uh, I probably took it from like a few thousand to tens of thousands, like in 18, 24 months. Yep. And that saved, like that saved me. The relationship with my list saved me. Sending out daily emails like was cathartic for me to write. It honestly, like, I think it was, it became like my God gifted therapy. Like yeah. that yeah. was, I was able to go through email to like get myself back up on board. Yep. And dude, if I, I would have not been able to do that without email. Well, okay, so this is great. Cause you're right. You, I, I remember when we dropped back on, I remember the whole wiping away the platform and, remember where you were at that time. Um, so I guess, you know, what's interesting is you picked the one thing that had always been there uh, for you. And that kind of was definitely, because I remember was the catalyst for growing and starting to pivot into other avenues of growth for the brand, right? And I think that's a good lesson for, for people that are watching is, I think whether it's email list or not for them, there is, there is typically one avenue that people know them from. It could be Facebook. And for some people, fuck, it could even be mailers. Maybe they're, they've been mailing for 20 years. Yeah. And that's, but the interesting part is you can, you can change up the messaging in that one pillar to grow the other pillars, right? So, so walk me through, because at this point, because I really want to know now, because I, I want you to tell everyone, give me everything from community to text <laughs> to I want, I want you to tell them how many times you're sending emails, what platforms you're on now, and maybe how it kind of grew from yeah. the, just the email to probably the 30 things that I get from you, which by the way, I love all of it. I don't, I, yeah. I appreciate it. I yeah. really do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will never forget about Sharon. That's <laughs> uh, so, so, um, you're right about the the main, the primary channel. And you and I talk a lot about this. We call it the home base and the outpost, right? Um, even though email is secondary for you, it's still probably one of your, you know, yeah, kind of secondary pillars, 100%. right? And you get to like be very 
uh, kind of like your personality on email because it goes to <laughs> people, right? Uh, it's but, gotten me in trouble a couple of times. <laughs> but but like but Instagram is your yeah right now is your kind of like your home base, right? You get yeah. everybody to Instagram. You work everything from Instagram. You're on Instagram a lot. Um, I realized that what I decided was I was like every platform out there. I made a conscious decision that all roads lead to email. I just made that decision myself. Now, whether it was a good decision or a bad decision, I don't know. And But I made a decision that all roads lead to email. If I write a blog post, the entire reason for the blog post is to get an opt-in at the bottom. If I, you know, if I do an event, it's to get email subscribers. If you and I do a Zoom webinar, it's to get, if I run a podcast, like people are like, oh, do I? I'm like, I don't care. I just want to get more email subscribers so that they can get the true, not to sell them anything, they can get the true me that way. And then I can use that that is the lane change, right? When you come in through the podcast, and you get to the email, I can lane change you to YouTube. I can lane change you from there to other things. It's very difficult from one, like a YouTube to like lane change you to Clubhouse. It's very difficult to do that. So I thought I, I want to lane change people through my email. That was my, my central thing. And then once I saw email working, I was like, okay, uh, you know, right now we probably send, I don't have a huge list, but I have a very responsive list. Um, we probably get 70% engagement on our list. And when I people know, like, dude, that's incredible though. Yeah. If people, people like will think that that's crazy. I get 20% open rates. I get 20% open rates on the worst day. I've never gotten that low ever. Right? Right, right. And, and, and it's not because of email platforms or anything. And I've shown people screenshots of my stuff. They're like, how do you have 71% engagement? Like, and I go, because you write good email. Like that's, and, and people opted into your list for a reason. Right. Um, I also write every day. Yeah. So people get an email from me every single day, right? right? And when I'm promoting something that is of value to me, I promote multiple times a day. Um, yeah. And so so I generally write, you know, I write an email a day. So I write roughly 30 emails a month, and which means you're writing 300 plus emails a year. And the reason for that is it warms up people's inboxes and you're constantly familiar and then you told me, hey, if you're getting familiar in the inbox, yep. I have an idea for you to be even more familiar. Why don't you get familiar on social? Your email open rates will get better. I was like, there's no way. Yep. So then I started getting on, I started doing Instagram and you're like, just watch. As soon as I started doing Instagram one post a day, my email open rates got better because there were similar cross. And I was like, this is insane. And I think the reason is a lot of people are like, Hey, I see his name. I was just on Instagram. I got an email since it was daily. I feel more familiarity with the brand. Um, and then I was like, well, what about, what else do I do? Right. Then we started uh, Instagram happened. Then you and I, I have one Facebook group. A lot of people have like 400 different Facebook groups. I have one Facebook group that I post everything in which is which is super helpful for me so that's like one place where i drive everybody to so we have now we have email we have instagram and we'll go into how many times we have the facebook group that was started and then i was like well gary v said hey where's like there's there's two platforms that are you know <laughs> as we're recording this right now that's right I there's remember. two platforms that you get extreme organic reach yep. so i said okay well so we have you and i have support on our team where like they take our my best emails Yep. And we take the emails that respond to the best and we use that email copy to write LinkedIn posts. So it's not random LinkedIn posts. It takes my best emails to write LinkedIn posts. So now we are on LinkedIn too. 
um, all my reels, now that reels came out, all my reels get repurposed as TikToks, yeah. TikTok videos. So now we're on email, Instagram, uh, Facebook group, Facebook business page, in LinkedIn, TikTok, yeah. right? Then I was like, wait a minute, but um, I have no long form content. So last year, email was my only long form. So I was like, what worked for me a lot before? So last year, um, so when the, when the early days of the pandemic happened, I was like, okay, this is a good excuse for me to actually launch this podcast where I can be long form in, in people's ears. Then we launched the podcast. We launched Business School Podcast, which in the first 30 days, we hit iTunes top charge, which is cool. But people don't realize that. They don't realize that I didn't become, I, the podcast didn't get popular because I was, you know, Brad Pitt. The podcast became popular because I sent people emails to it. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> we promoted it from all the other platforms, right? Yep. So now you have, now you have add podcast to that mix, which is one long form episode that comes out roughly weekly, but get promoted during the week, yep. which is really good. Then I realized that I'm not on YouTube at all. I have not done that very well, by the way. So we take our existing content that is podcast recordings and we just put it on YouTube just so we can be in the search engines. Yep. Then you told me, Sean, you're missing in a big spot. And I said, where? He's like, you're not on Amazon. Yep. And I was like, well, crap. So I said, well, Dean, you're not on Amazon either. So I started writing the book, yep. Underdog, which is, which is coming out in 2021. You and I are writing a book. Yep. which is coming out because now we want to own the Amazon platform as well. Cause I want to know that everywhere you search my name, everything shows up. Right. Sure. And then because of all of that, I think we got a ton of press. Yep. Exactly. And now the, so that's, yeah, that's where it was going to go in, in during all this. Yeah. Forbes and entrepreneur and press started to happen. Right. And so. the press is what blew up. Like people don't realize this, right? The press is what blew up everything. And I'll tell you the truth, right? You, you pitched me to the press. Yeah. And like, I think a lot of people think that an entrepreneur magazine person called me and they're like, oh, you're off. They're like, no, no one, no one does that. Dean pitched me. Like you pitched me and you're like, hey, you, you guys should like, you know, you pitched the story. They interviewed me. You pitched, pitched, pitched. And yes, I got it on my own merit, but you pitched for us. And so now I got all of those. And then I was like, okay, how do I supercharge all of this? Because I have all this going on. So we were roughly creating 42 pieces of new content a week. Right. And you know, that's a lot. And, and dude, I will tell you, um, the goal for this last 90 days has just been to up the cadence on Instagram for those of people that don't know, Dean laid out this plan for me. I have, uh, which is not a lot by the way, but it's four, four multi-channel posts on Instagram, which is video reels, uh, you know, longer form, shorter form, plus stories, plus DMs, plus commenting, plus lives daily, mm -hmm. right? And so I would tell you that that alone, that one thing right now, I'd say on social, Instagram is driving the bus mm -hmm. and on backend email is driving the bus. Yeah. If I turned my Instagram off, like my brand would go so quiet. Yeah. And 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 it's starting to like starting to the point where like we've gotten some help just like I have one, you know this, you hired a, we have a person just to manage, help me manage my Instagram yep. because this person is like waking up every day and saying, hey, 
like Dean told me four posts a day plus stories, but like, come on, let's go. Right. <laughs> uh, and then we added, we added community, we added text messaging as well. So we have thousands of people on our text message groups. Yep. Uh, we probably message them three, four times a week, three times a week. Yep. So if you, if you locate all the platforms, you started with email, added Facebook group, added Facebook business page. I don't do a lot of my Facebook main profile. Added Instagram, grew Instagram, added TikTok, grew TikTok, added LinkedIn, grew LinkedIn, uh, added the podcast, grew the podcast, uh, naturally transitioned to the YouTube channel. That's not not a lot happening there. Uh, and then then added, uh, added community for text messaging. And literally this happens day in and day out. And to top it all, based on this, we have the book coming up. I know. I love it. Okay. So I want to be responsible. Oh, and we have not talked about uh, paid, paid ads. I, so I was just, it's interesting. We, you've got a newsletter. You've got a newsletter that you're working on now that it's actually on top of. I mean, look, for anybody that's listening, man, that's like a head spinner, right? That's like, holy crap. But it didn't start that way. As you said, it started with one platform. And like, as we're wrapping up here, I, I want, I want people to know you know, there's a lot of folks that are actually starting to gain momentum. We mentioned a few that are close to us, Ginger, Glenda. There's a bunch that we know that are our clients and our friends. And I think sometimes there may be like, okay, well, holy shit, I'm starting to get noticed. I'm starting to grow my brand. Where should I pivot now? And what should I do? And what should I add? And should I, you know, should I try this, this, and this? It's just too many at once. Give me a parting like a parting suggestion, because I think there are quite a bit of people who have taken guru's advice and stuff and actually did gain traction, but their next step is either is where they usually mess up. Right. Yeah. So yeah. walk me through that and maybe let's end with that to yeah. give them that little bit of advice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think we go from, there's like a couple of phases, right? I think you go from the phase of thinking, okay, I understand that I need to be, I need to be there. I need to be present. That's like the first phase for a lot of people. I think that as soon as you get that, like presence is important. I think if no one is doing anything, at least just go get like your handles and all the platforms, just get your same profile picture. Just set up all the profiles because the platforms rank really high on search engines. And I would much rather your stuff shows up as opposed to, you know, something else. So Presence is first important. So like, I think everybody just getting presence is good. But then you saying, Dean, step one is choosing your primary medium, not your primary platform, your primary medium. If right. audio is your primary medium, then you should right. go voice. If video is your primary medium, then you either go Instagram and YouTube. If written is your primary medium, you go medium.com uh, or writing or LinkedIn or email. Yeah. But picking the medium is really good. So I'd say the first step is, once you know your medium, then you realize that I can go deep on this, right? Like that's really good. And that becomes our home base because without a home base, you just have a bunch of fractional stuff everywhere. And then you're just like chopped up bunch of stuff everywhere. So you have a little bit of everything, but not good at anything. And that's not good. That's why having a good base is good. That's so one presence two figuring out your right medium. The third, I will tell you if, if, um, if I were to do it all over again, I would literally pick a like a one month deep dive on every platform. So that's what you helped me do recently. We're literally say, okay, 
everything kind of working a little bit on autopilot. I'm posting daily, I'm getting there, but I'm not seeing significant results. In fact, I'm seeing no results. I'm just working really hard. Right. I think a lot of people are there where they're just right. doing a lot, but not seeing a lot of results. Right. If that's you, then you should take Dean's advice to me. Like we took a full quarter, which is like the last 90 days. And we went really deep on Instagram. So it was, hey, um, what works? Model people that we know is working, change up the color scheme, change up the ads, change up the look, change up uh, the flow, change up the timing. And to get it so dialed in that my, my last 90 days was all about just getting Instagram. I hate to say it on autopilot, but a deep dive on Instagram. Right. The next 90 days, I'm going to take the next platform. I don't even think I need, because a lot of, there's a lot of carryover. It is. So, so once you get this workflow set up in one place, you can say, hey, you already have a lot of this. You can repurpose a bunch of stuff. So I want, I'd say the next phase of a lot of this, once you've figured out your kind of best medium, is to then take each platform one by one, unless you have a really big team, which I don't think a lot of us do, but take one by one and then literally go deep on that and saying, what would be amazing if I could do on this platform? Not not what is Dean doing or what's Sharon doing? What would be amazing if I could do it? And and I literally, dude, I will tell you, I think I told you this. I, I told, I, success for me was people telling me in DM or in email, bro, you, you're killing it. I see you everywhere. That's all I wanted to hear. That's it. Right? Because if that was true, then I know that for every person that tells me that there are a hundred people not telling me that. And I am super happy that they, somebody saw the change because randomly someone just doesn't come to tell you and say, bro, you look skinny. They don't do that. Right? Like yeah. something has to happen. And I think that I would say the next is, is a go deep dive, pick 90 days, push a lot of buttons, figure out what works. And then just say, if I had to literally 10x my presence on this platform, what would I do? You can instantly be known on that platform with a little focus. So I would say like a deep dive 90 day kind of project. Uh, and there's not like a hundred platforms, there's like three or four. So in a right. year, you're gonna turn around and be like, what just happened? Yep. So, yeah. I love it, man, that's awesome. All right, my man, um, this has been amazing. I want to make sure that the people at home know what you're working on next because the newsletter, yeah. bro, I, I, I yeah. got that sneak peek. Yeah. It's about what, 15 pages, 14 yeah. pages, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I know that's coming up. Um, can you tell the folks, you, you had told me about the, the, the kind of the deal that you're giving them. Yeah. Um, can you tell everyone how to, yeah. how to get in touch with you and what that is? Yeah, dude. So th thank you for that. So, so what I realized was that when someone wants like every, every team, right? Uh, every team, uh, every football team has a playbook. Um, every, every company has a playbook. Every lawyer has a playbook. Every entrepreneur has a playbook. And I was like, well, I think every CEO should have a playbook. 100%. And right. And so, so the name of the product is a newsletter. It's called a CEO playbook. It's a 15 page print newsletter that I write personally, that is on one topic that literally allows you to read it. And I think that 50 pages is too long, three pages is too short. Like it's an implementation guide, it's a real playbook. And it says, well, I'll give you the first, like the first month's topic is how to generate referrals for life. There's eight ideas and you can just literally hand the playbook to your team and say, go do this, right? And every single month, my goal is to write one deep dive playbook 
that allows you to grow that that section of your business by 10x. And and it's a print newsletter that is mail, FedEx to your house wherever you are in the world so that you can literally sit by the fire or sit at dinner or lie in bed and read this and be like, and not be distracted like on your phone. And that was really, really important for me. But dude, then I was like, but then they don't hear me. Right. So I was like, well, what can be a really great companion for this? So I took, so I created this like private podcast and that, that is not open to the public. It's called 10K Wisdom, which is 10K as in 10,000. And every time I talk to people that I mentor, the CEOs in my mastermind group, et cetera, and I get like, I get a $10,000 idea. Yep. Like, oh, that was a $10,000 shift. I literally write it down and I go record like a five minute podcast on that $10,000 idea. So every single episode is comes from a $10,000 idea. Right. And so there's no like intro, outro, nothing like that. It is just raw content. So what I'm doing now is, hey, if you just get the monthly print subscription, which I make no money on, by the way, I just want to get it in the hands of people because I think they'll implement it. I'm giving them this 10K wisdom podcast for free as a companion. And it's just a, it's just getting this monthly subscription and there's no like Zoom calls, there's no like members area, there's no, I'm removing all the friction from it. And these are the two pieces of long form content that I'm really banking kind of like my development on because I think that the world needs more entrepreneurs and that's like my goal. So ceoplaybook.com to get all the info. Love it. All right, guys, this is excellent. Thank you so much, buddy. This was uh, was awesome, man, to hear your journey on growing that big, brand you have now dude it's it's uh it's it's been it's been a fun ride but like you know i think you dug in and um you've seen me through the dark times on this stuff right yeah and everybody goes through those but i'll I'll tell you this one last thing don't suffer in silence right um there are times dean knows this like i would i would text him and be like i cannot believe that i've not gotten a post up today i cannot (laughs) believe that this stuff is so hard i cannot believe that I have to write three more emails. I cannot believe any, and he's like, yeah, man, this is hard. This is why nobody does it. And so don't suffer in silence. You know, um, we have coaches and mentors around all the time. So to, it's a, it's not a small price to pay. It's a responsibility. It's like that they don't keep you on task. They, they, they help you achieve bigger things. And so like when I'm bitching to Dean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not whining. He gives me a better perspective. He's like, take a second and look at what you built, bro. Like that's what keeps me going. So don't suffer in silence. Uh, you know, there's so many things that, so many avenues for support. We're not trying to sell anything here. We have nothing to sell, but if they're Dean or I can kind of help you, hit us up, direct message on Instagram. And uh, if we can do anything to support you, we're happy to do that. I love it, man. Let's end it with that. Do not suffer in silence. Sharon Srivats, everybody. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com dot com.